Dude, I'm sorry. I absolutely apologize for that. Hey, that's you left good. and I started scrolling on YouTube. Yeah. This Ford commercial came out and it was their new tailgate that opens down, soft close <laughs> down, and then it opens like Ooh. this. And for some reason, Christ compelled me to leave a comment saying that it's the worst invention I've ever seen. And only for twenty thousand extra dollars, you get this <laughs> stupid tailgate that nobody cares about. The dude's like, "Best thing is, if you have a trailer, you can open it a little bit, or you can open it fully." <laughs> look at the look at this. You can open a regular tailgate with a trailer. I had to comment on this. I always wanted to smoke crap. What? I always wanted to. I always wanted to. Got something. Roman, Ford redesigned the tailgate for 2024 on the F-150. Take a look. That's nothing new, Andre. All tailgates do that. Okay, okay. This is called pro-access, Roman, because if you push this button right there, look at this. Wait, wait, what's the point of that? Well, okay, so better access to cargo over here. And look, it has several different opening distances. Like this, if you have a trailer here, you could open it this way another notch right there or open it all the way this way all right i'm gonna call this not pro access but the tiny tailgate <laughs> you like that there's I a step. Look. oh there's a step here i'm gonna shut the tiny tailgate andre yes. and uh enjoy your time how am i gonna get out oh i don't know maybe maybe like that <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm done with this I'm done with this too. That's stupid. That grinds the my thing gears. is right. All right, look at a regular best truck all time 2002 Chevy Silverado. You you look at almost all of them on the road, and the tailgates are 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 broken. The um like the the little handles out, yeah, and people are fingering them to open them. That's exactly right. And mine broke, and it was, I think. 250 at the auto parts store for the little plastic clips that break and i just fixed it because i'm kind of built like that but for everybody who's not like tailgates bust and break and then or you know you got some heavy in your truck it rolls around it hits the tailgate a little bit all of a sudden every single hinge and moving part no longer works at all and that's the pro axis with the electronic button that's not a that's not a manual. That's something to break. That's something to break. And if that breaks, you're like, what the frick do I do? An electronic stupid push. Imagine open you're button. driving on the highway and your stupid <laughs> tailgate is swinging open sideways, and you're like, yeah, it doesn't close anymore. It's a pro access. <laughs> that's a pro access. And and I I commented a really long, very badly grammared paragraph about how useless that is for extra twenty thousand dollars. It can break in five years. Uh, I just felt so compelled to do that. No, yeah, it's good. I think that's the first comment I've commented uh, since probably I was 13 years old on a YouTube video. <laughs> that's so funny. And it has come down to this. Well, you've been you've been amped up lately. I think you've been amped up. I've been super angry, and I don't know why. I have to get to the, I have to get to the bottom of why I'm angry. Um, I did find out, I know this is casual conversation, probably not pod talk, but I will be able to go on that ride this weekend. 
because there's no uh, cabinet delivery service. Uh-oh. The ride's gonna set your mind straight. I've been I every time I get amped, not amped. Every time I get ticked off for no reason, yeah, I go for a ride, and I I feel I feel pretty good on the ride. But when mm-hmm. I get back, it all just floods back. So the I, anger floods back. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what it, I don't know if it's politics, if it's personal. Um, actually, some of it has been going down at the pickleball court. <laughs> your competitive spirit on, is flooding into your regular everyday life on tuesdays and saturdays i've been playing pickleball at the local pickleball place and um there's these these guys there that think they run the show and there's they make up these new rules every time we go there so they're constantly changing and then they act like we don't know what's going yeah. on and last time uh me and my buddy were in the queue and then this guy comes up and he accosts my friend and says oh buddy you don't know what you're doing go to the back of the queue are you serious and i didn't i didn't hear this go down yeah but i I saw them kind of like like going at it because i picked up my paddle i was going for the court the guy walked up i said what is going on yeah who's playing He's like, you guys are at the back of the queue. I was like, no, we weren't. Yeah. We weren't at the back of the queue. He totally ignores me. I, This has happened probably five or six times with these people Yeah, that I have gotten so angry. Like, I, I mad dog these fools. It, it has almost gotten to the point where there's been, like, some thrown, some thrown fists. At yeah. the pickleball court, and I never thought I would be saying that. You about- can't do that in Holly Springs, dude. You'll go to jail immediately. In Holly Springs, you throw a punch at the public park, you're listen, going away. Listen, they're this locking guy, you up. This the guy who did this last week. Small, he's probably five foot six, skinny. He had a calf tattoo with three <laughs> skulls on it, and and he had a like a little like French accent. You don't know what you're doing. You're going to the you back, of the, the back of the queue. The queue. How does uh, a French person say queue? Quoi. Yeah, you're back the, to the quoi, the back of the quoi. Dude, I said, you get to the back of the queue, you twat. Yeah. And then I railed him in the face with my paddle so hard that his face <laughs> split open. That <laughs> happened in my head. You know, us men, we fantasize about killing other men. I had it just happened more times than not at the pickleball court. I've had that fantasy a few times. I had it one time ever for a woman. I almost I I would never have I would never lay my hands on a woman, but the flash of action in my mind happened where I saw myself doing an action and it was the craziest action. This was back when I worked at Jersey Mike's. Ooh, you were flashing. And and I was I'm so good at separating in general. I'm so good at separating like the role I'm playing of just being the guy who is making the sandwich from my per like taking stuff personally. I'm I'm usually super good at separating that at work. Mm-hmm. And this woman said, looked at it was actually Bubs. She looked at Bubs and said, "He needs cutting lessons." When I was cutting her sub in half, after she made me put a gallon of mayo on the top and bottom bread, and she was like. I want it cut into um, one side is going to be two thirds and one side is going to be one third. And then I was like, okay, so right about here, she's like a little over. I'm like, okay, right here. And then I start cutting it and, you know, it's moving the bread around because there's literal like half gallon of mayonnaise on it. And 
she looks right over at Bubs and she's like, he must be new. He needs some cutting lessons. And I saw myself like fully came out of body, saw red. And then I watched myself jump across the counter at her throat. Like, I was so mad. I didn't do it, obviously any of that. I was just like, Honestly, ha ha ha. You saying that is bringing up some extremely hot emotions in my body. <laughs> I saw the, the I, I started to see red. I could just clearly see myself jumping across the counter. And it's not a small counter. It would have been a feat of strength and poise, but I would have gotten it done and she would have been uh, neutralized. And she was probably just angry at work or at her husband or something. And they say they want equality. Yeah. They don't want equality. Because when you tell us that we need cutting lessons, (laughs) you're in a world of pain. I had, I thought the other day, a couple weeks ago, that I was going to get into a verbal altercation. I was, um, this is when I was selling a a workbench on Facebook. I think I told you about this. And the guy was saying... I I texted him the night before. I'm like, hey, just making sure you're still planning on meeting at the tractor supply in Smithfield at 10 a.m. or whatever. And he was like, yes, sir. Just quick. Yes, sir. One word. I was like, cool. I didn't even respond. And then he texted me again like 45 minutes later. And he was like, if the workbench is what I think it's going to be, I will have cash. Otherwise, if it's not, I will not pay. And I just got I got mad because I was like that doesn't make any sense to say that and to say it 45 minutes later i was getting really mad and i i ended up like doing a good response i was like i've never had anybody complain and i'm i'm sure you're gonna like it which was like it wasn't even rude i think it was a good response but it took me a second to come up with that because i had a lot of other mean ones i wanted to say and i thought in person he was gonna try and pick it apart and i was so ready to say dude i made this you ordered a custom size. Like, I don't sell these all the time. Blah, blah, blah. I had all this stuff. I was like so ready to be like, dude, you're an asshole. And in person, he was really cool. And he uh, he just said he really liked it. And uh, it was exactly what he wanted. And it'd be perfect. So he was really nice in person. To but... any of the, the, the older generation with texts always sounds, they sound so passive aggressive mm-hmm. while texting. Even my mom texting me i'm like what does she have going on and then i see her in real life she's like hey how's it going i'm like this yeah. is just how you people text you guys don't have any there's no thought because we use i at least use like uh the emojis to yeah. like to like mm-hmm. gauge where i'm at where i'm feeling i got this smiley one i have like the uh the laughing one yeah and that's kind of how you gauge because you could say something without the emoji and, and you could take it one way or another. But if you you say something like sarcastic and then put the laughing emoji, they're no, they, you know yeah. you're, they're being sarcastic. So it's like these old people are not using emojis or using emojis in weird ways where you really have no idea. It could be like a... <laughs> yeah, I, it yeah. could be like I love you within like a a spaceship beside <laughs> it, and you're like, "Am I adopted? <laughs> what are you talking about?" I uh, they they're very strange with the emojis. Your mom also does the crazy thing where she makes up abbreviations completely out of thin air for time. stuff that's super not common to abbreviate. all the time. And listen to this, people: the abbreviation will sometimes be five letters long, <laughs> and, like, and you're like, "What the frick?" It'd be like. 
we're going to the movies later and she'll just abbreviate it and you'd be like i have no idea what that could possibly even mean i don't even have a guess i had so much fun yesterday yeah she would totally abbreviate that i h f i can't even finish it but she could probably she could quickly and efficiently and she would text it to you i h so s m fun f y yeah wow See, our our brains don't even process it. So when she, I think she usually just has a a mix up with her spell check most of the time, mm-hmm. but ends up she's not. She's like, that's that's an abbreviation. You know it is. I won't even find it. The text she sent to, I think it might have been a text to you and I, a couple of weeks ago, and it was, it meant nothing. Like I I tried so many different ways to like interpret it and it wasn't even abbreviated this one was just words and it didn't mean anything to me like i could not i was like none of the words could have been different words it didn't make any sense and then she eventually i think you said something like i don't even know what that means (laughs) and she like oh i meant to say and it was like a completely different sentence i don't know how she got it like that. She said she was on the treadmill while she was texting it. So Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, she was on the Trex, Trex mill and she ate too much Trex mm-hmm. and died. But you actually did it to me today. I was, we passed you on the Ooh, road I did. And, and I was like, are you going to Lowe's? And I was loading up a lesbian joke. Yeah. I had it like ready to go. And then you said HF. Yeah. And I was like, I, I thought it meant have fun at first. And yeah. then I was like. Where else would he go? I knew that I was thinking about that Harbor as I as I sent <laughs> yeah as I sent HF and I didn't capitalize the F because I I don't text good anyway and so when I'm driving it's just I'll send something super short and just hope the person understands what I mean instead of like crashing or doing anything else and um I knew that if you read it out loud your dad would probably know what it was because didn't. he didn't no really I was the code I was the code yeah. Reader. Because I thought that if it was, like, if someone said HF, I would think maybe Harbor Freight. But if somebody, if I read HF, I don't think I would think it. When I think HF, it's have fun because, like, I used to game a lot and people would say GLHF before every game. Good luck, have fun. Mm -hmm. And so the HF has just always been have fun for me. But now it's Harbor Freight. I've mixed it. Yeah. It. See what if if I said GL, if I said GL to you, what would good be? luck. That's good luck. I would think it was good luck. Or um, GG, good game. Um, it's actually giggle lick. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. See, this is something I'm learning right now. Giggle lick, Harbor Freight. That's the new GL HF. Yeah, giggle lick. Um, good. No, I can't think of anything else funny on the spot. And uh, if I do, it'll just be me just making a lot of noises but i had this thought right today i had this i've been having this thought actually a lot lately and i think it's because i'm kind of build i'm starting to build a business and i'm american and my business is not a product based business it's a service based business but i have this more and more this urge to buy american stuff stuff made in america I'm like it's it's building in me to the point where like I used to be like oh if it's if there's a cheaper option I just I don't care cuz I'm I don't have that much money so it's not like I can go 
put my money where my mouth is all the time, but I've just been more and more like if there's a American option and the difference is even double sometimes, I'll be like, I first of all, I buy this American thing, it's gonna last way longer. Second of all, somebody in America who's taken the risk to be manufacturing in America because it is a risk because it's hard to compete with stuff being made in China and Taiwan and it's exactly right and it's just like if you have the ability to buy American if there's an American option at all get it I'm I'm really getting I'm I'm really starting to feel that where's that hat made I bet you is like Vietnam or Taiwan let me say Bangladesh I'm a big Bangladesh guy I'm a big Bangladesh guy. That looks like a nice hat. Bangladesh. Too easy. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, look, I don't have... <clears throat> I was thinking about this. If something's made in, like, <laughs> Germany or made in Spain or made in a... Made in a country that's not, um, like, just taking advantage of cheap labor and horrible materials... I don't care either. Like I'll 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 buy something made in Germany before I buy something made in China. Hey, but something made in Germany is going to be really nice. Also, uh the culture if the culture was different here, dude, slave labor would be so popping off. Yeah. I mean, like imagine if every factory was just a bunch of little kids, you'd be like, "I'm going to get little kids too." Yeah. That's what I would do. That's just the culture over there. It's fine. We love the CCP. <laughs> the worst thing about the Chinese-made stuff, especially because a lot of the stuff I buy is like... Don't I'm, bash China now. I'm not going to be bashing China. I'm going to be bashing... Don't bash China. I'll put myself on the watch list <laughs> this episode. Not good. I'm back yeah. off. Yeah, you have to go really careful for the next couple episodes because you immediately launched into bad stuff. And that was so funny. Nick commented. He was like, in under three minutes, Gus already put himself on three FBI watch lists. I love the CCP. Um, I've been wanting to meet them for a while now. Um, I got in this Reddit thread with the... I don't know why I got this Southern draw all of a sudden, but... I got, I got looking in this, at my <laughs> Reddit. See, the, the Reddit thread with the CCP, I'm all up in there. I'm all about it. I'm all about taking down the um, the Twin Towers. Well, see, and then that one's complicated because we can't tell if that's pro or anti-American government. It's obviously anti-America, but does the government have, you know, we've talked about this before, that we don't know about 9-11, don't know where it came from, don't know if it's inside job or not, and uh, we're probably not going to get to the bottom of that. I want to let everybody know that I was the first uh, responder and survivor of 9-11. I was in the hospital and I survived while 9-11 was going on. I had pneumonia. From the smoke inhalation of 9-11, and I got put in the hospital, and I survived. And I didn't see my name on the wall. So, I well, I, we'll just survive. Uh, never mind. Um, okay, let me Back say. Back on the list. I'm going to go over some comments, because we don't do this enough. Um, user UR4PG8. VW7P said, Nice. Gus sounds just like Connor. Connor who? I don't know. And I don't... I don't know... Gus sounds just like Connor? 
That was on our Taylor Swift as a PSYOP episode. Oh! My accent for the autistic guy, Connor. Oh. That must, I must have been doing pretty good. So, um, I'm going to like this comment right now. Thank you, user you are for PG8VW7P. Thank you that for that seven days. I appreciate that. Ago. If you comment, if you want me to start doing a little bit more uh, accents, I can practice them throughout the week. I have a lot of alone time, so <laughs> I can practice them on my own, and then I can bring them to the show if you guys like them. And then Seabass holds class 33, which we know him. We know him. He's been on He's here. He's been on the show. He said, word is that Taylor got up in the morning of the Super Bowl, walked out on the patio of whatever penthouse she accommodated and screamed, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like victory, <laughs> which um, is definitely uh, pretty awesome and right on. That's pretty awesome. That one confuses me a little bit um, because of the napalm. The napalm kind of throws me for a loop. Um uh, so if you could comment about the napalm, where the napalm was coming from, is she in Vietnam or napalm? Was that, that was Vietnam. It was Vietnam. I mean, they, they're still laying on uh, napalm. I tried to make some when I was like 13. Oop, back on the list. <laughs> yeah. Vietnam war was 1955 to 1975. Just letting you guys know. Um, and then so and got, Taylor Swift, to be clear, was not alive during that time. No, so she wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> which is interesting. Um, but that's fine. And uh, thanks for that comment as well. And the, let's just keep going down the list. So this one, 13 days ago, this was on the one where we talked about the Botox. Um, and I gave it a very clickbait title, trying to get more views. Didn't work. And it and it's from Nick. <laughs> and it says, and just like that, in under three minutes, Gus has put himself on an FBI watch list. Which and I don't even remember what I said that put me on the watch list. You immediately said you wanted to go to the White House, and then you detailed crimes, and I was trying to underplay it a little bit, and then you, you doubled down, and so I just gave up, and now we're on the watch list, and that's okay. I don't even remember saying any of that. Um, Griffin, three weeks ago. Um, when I when we said how to get a girlfriend, another clickbait attempt didn't work. Um, he said, <laughs> "Great pod boys, great advice, Tyler. You have inspired me to delete senseless apps." So, Griffin, who's also been on the podcast, I hope you've stuck with it. Are we on the PPT? What the positive podcast train? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it, it from the thumbnails. It looks like we're just like a clickbait. Man, I'm gonna stop doing clickbait. I think, and. Uh, I think we need to be real to our audience because we know who our audience is and and we need to be more real to them. Ooh, and then on how to get... <laughs> Whoa. I didn't see this one. I like this one. And it's edited. He changed it. This is also... Nice. This is Seabass Holds Class 33. It says, Great pod, gents. Gives me goosebumps the size of Mia Khalifa's nipples. Love the cold... <laughs> <laughs> love the cold showers in the morning with a little Wim Hof breathing and meditation to get the juices flowing. Now, nighttime is when old Stevo shines. Throw in those seven hertz theta frequencies straight to the dome. Light up, <laughs> light up a Ylang Ylang candle, and it's astral projection time, boy. I love a good out of body experience like Peter loved the Lord. Holla! Let me tell you what; those aren't goosebumps; those are monkeypox. <laughs> yeah, they are, and I'm gonna because them suckers are big. And I, I just super liked that comment as well. I didn't. Um... That's a great comment. That's a really well formed comment. 
And then, uh, okay, let's go scroll a little bit. Okay, we got Nick a month ago. This pod reignited my zest for life and reminded me of the chicken I need to thaw. Nine out of seven, W pod. Nine out of seven. That's a pretty good rating. That's plus two on the rating scale. And he did thaw his chicken. Did he end up thawing his chicken? We don't know if he thawed his chicken. Um, So, Nick, if you're listening, let us know if you thawed that chicken, if you ended up thawing it or if you forgot to thaw it even after you commented. Um, Because Nick did call me the other day and he's like i listen on spotify at work a lot of the times and then he'll think of what he wants to comment and then he has to remember all day um and then come home and log into youtube and comment it so it takes him of course nick would have to log in it takes him about a day to from the comment to enter his brain for the comment to get onto the internet so there's a long transition time there and so he can forget sometimes what he was going to comment so I just know that the Nick comments are extra value because that means he really remembered that one for the whole day. So thanks, Nick. Now I really like what we're doing here. Uh, we're 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 uh, integrate not integrating. We are uh, we're having a good time with the people who watch. Yeah, we're. I mean, it, the algorithm says you need to demonstrate uh modes of aggression towards your audience mm-hmm. not modes of aggression what am i trying to when you touch someone oh you need to inspire them or you need to you mm-hmm. need to diddle them or something physical I'm not sure. physical yeah you need to connect with them yeah you need to... yeah connecting with your audience yeah. i've watched the videos on how to get them and right now we're connecting with you guys and i feel very good about it yeah so let's have let's have maybe two or three seconds where we just stare into the camera all right, I think that'll be and good. And that's dead air as and well. That's, and that's for all of the, the people who have commented. So if you haven't Can commented yet. Can we get five yet, more seconds of dead air? Let's do it. You guys probably think we left. They yeah, probably they, think they have we no idea. ended the episode. They could have thought that. And you know what? I've actually listened to some podcasts lately where it's like big thinkers talking. And you realize that the people who are really big thinkers, someone will posit a question and the other person will take actually five seconds and then respond. And I don't mind it because I get to think about the question yeah. for a while. I get to uh, kind hold of... up. Yeah, so that's good. And then, uh, ooh, this one's funny. Sometimes I just stop thinking. This was on when we said homeless people and last minute Christmas shopping. That was the episode title. And uh, Nick said, what do you think of the theory that the government has involvement with the drug market in America? For example, a friend of mine who goes to a different school suggested, like, with the war on drugs, the government may be using drugs like fentanyl as a means to diminish a certain demographic, such as, but not limited to, the lower class. Can't have poverty with no poor people. Nick, is that even a question? You just answered your own freaking question. He did answer his own question because he's kind of built like that, and he... He knows that if he just posits the question, we're probably going to not get to it for uh, two months. So he knows that he has to add the answer in for people that are just reading it. Well, we give him two months to think about it a little bit. But you answered your own question. Yes, the government obviously is pumping out fentanyl, is in bed with the cartels, the drug cartels. And they are trying to uh, do away with the the lower class because the lower class means nothing, nothing to them. The middle class owns everything, and the upper class controls everything, and that's how the world works. Um, so, good question, but you answered it yourself. Um, yes, they're in bed with the drug cartels. Yes, they're trying to off uh, the homeless and the lower class to clean up the streets, but 
you can see if a government entity puts its mind to something like San Francisco when Xi Jinping showed up, they can really get things done. So, sorry to burst your um, day, but straight up, yes, it's sad, but yes, it's going down. All right, I've got an, I've got new intel on the accounts that are commenting. Um, Griffin has two accounts, and user UR4PG8VW7P is one of his accounts. I know this because he commented. <laughs> he commented. Um, oh shit! It's gone. It's gone. It's um, me sitting here after buying a new Civic with a little like hiding behind his fingers emoji because we were talking about how no one should ever buy a new car, and that was the week he had just bought his new car. So he had heard that afterwards, and you know what happened to his new car? It got hit by the tornado. Who? Griffin. He bought a Civic, a new uh, Civic, which, and no. I told him because I saw him in person, and I was like. <laughs> he was like, yeah, did you see that comment? I was like, yeah, I, I saw it. I didn't really know what it meant. I didn't know he bought a new Civic. And he was like, yeah, I bought a new one, and it got like really damaged by the tornado. And you should have listened to us. That was called Karma, and it came in in a cyclone form, and it completely ruined your new car. We told you it was a bad investment. We said, why would anyone buy a new car? It probably wasn't insured even, and that just cost you everything. Yeah, it cost him something and he was saying he might sell the car if they pay him out for it if it totaled it he might just sell it and buy another he had uh i think it was a late 90s uh camry and that thing had i think it had a lot of miles on it and he bought it for under two grand and that was his like in-between car because in high school he financed which again griffin don't finance a car in high school that wasn't high maybe that was not high school but that's how the man's keeping you down yeah but um and it was a Subaru WRX. It was a sweet freaking car, but he blew it up like twice, not even doing anything crazy. Like it's just a Subaru. They're meant to blow up every couple miles. So that one blew up on him and he's he's slowly making better car decisions, but um it just keeps coming back to bite him in the ass. And- Subarus are an enemy of the state. And also, why would you drive a new Civic when you can drive an old Camry? Yeah, and he had the old Camry, and he ended up selling it, and he was like, I, I almost missed it, and he said he liked the new Civic, but he also has a good job, and a Civic is a reasonable... If you're going to buy a new car, Civic's a very reasonable commuter car. It's going to last forever. Not a but new one. We've been over this on the show. We've been over it. I just, I just want to add As soon as you drive that sucker off the lot, it has lost 20% of its value, and you can't get it back, even in a tornado storm. Yeah. Um, let me see. Nick said, you need to make the mower street legal. I got a guy in town whose daily driver is a zero turn with a trailer full of his stuff <laughs> on the back. <laughs> the boy takes it all across the place. I seen him pulling into a gas station to fill it up like every day. Man's a baller. Are you sure that's not my dad? It's probably your dad, but uh, Nick lives far away. So unless your dad's taking that thing on cross country trips, um, it probably isn't. Um, then we got we got JMO nineteen seventy seven. He said, "You guys don't show your socked feet anymore." Oh, uh, shoot! Here we with go a cry- again. with a crying emoji. Gonna make me angry. Skip this comment. I'm gonna get mad again. Okay, I'll go to the next comment, which was a month before that. He said, "The bare feet made me nut emoji." Oh God! Here we go. Um, so let's go. Let's let's scroll away. Um, Ray <sighs> Ray commented three months ago. Bad quality. Do better. 
Shoot. Shoot. Um, which is kind of really hurting my feelings right now. I might cry. Um. <laughs> Nick. Also, by the way, Nick made like seven YouTube accounts so that he could comment from different YouTube accounts, but they all say Nick in them somewhere. <laughs> it's so funny. Thanks, Nick. We appreciate your support. He said W Pod Fellers was hoping for a little more wriggling below the ankles, but hey, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, here's a good one from Nick. I love how y'all always say cookout is a terrible decision, and then every episode you talk about your cookout run that week. Anyway, what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you? Listen, I saw this comment when it was posted in since then, I don't think I've been to cookout. How long ago was that? Four months. I think I saw that comment and I turned a new leaf and I haven't been to cookout since then. So thanks, Nick. You really did make a difference because you informed us that we're being very hypocritical about our decisions where we, we truly knew that cookout was bad for us, but we just kept going even though we pun- well, paid the... It was more of an addiction than anything. It was it was bad. Yeah. And, uh, and we broke the addiction thanks to that comment. So I don't really appreciate it. And then the second part, he he goes right into, anyways, what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you? I Didn't we answer that one? We answered that one uh, on the spooky pod, I think. The Halloween podcast, I think we did. Okay. And what what did you say it was? Just You don't I have said, to go back into the whole story. I, I just said I'm not afraid of anything, and I, I haven't had a scary moment. Can we talk about the, the trip where you were taking your boy home from work at Jersey Mike's a long time ago, and you went to the, like, you remember that story? Yeah, I remember that story. Well, I was, I was there. Yeah. I, I remember it because I heard it. So, so this wasn't scary to me because we're not scared of anything, but it probably would be scared to you guys because <laughs> you guys are a bunch of sissies. Well... I'm trying to bring Nancy back, by the way. So you guys are a bunch of Nancys. Okay. I like that a lot. I like that. Too. I heard that in an old Western movie. It's yeah. Like, You're a Nancy. Some, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. It's probably cooler than that. But the story I used to work at Jersey Mike's, and there was this homeless guy milling around outside the Jersey Mike's, and he came in, and I was in the bathroom, and he was talking to one of my coworkers. That is not special ed, but special ed. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he got coerced into agreeing to give this guy a ride back to his place in Raleigh, which we weren't that far from Raleigh, but the guy said it was like right down the road. It was like five minutes down the road. And after we get off work, I didn't know what was going on. This guy, my coworker, was like, all right, I got to take this guy to his house. And I was like, who? And he's like, this guy over here. And this is the bum <laughs> under the, it was just, he was like shacked up with a beer or something. I was like, are you serious? I was like, you're not freaking going alone. So I grabbed my freaking bayonet out of my, I was, I had a big bayonet. I like the high school weapons or something. Yeah, yeah. I had a bayonet in my Jeep and I pulled that out and I said, I'm sitting in the back seat. He can have shotgun just in case things go sideways. Yeah. I don't want that guy in the back seat attacking us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good call. Good call. Yeah, I'm not scared of nothing. I think rationally and logically in high-pressure situations. <laughs> and so he's like, okay. Um, he's given my coworker directions to this place. 
And he's like, it's right down this road, super dark road. All of a sudden, it turns to gravel. And then he's like, it's down in this this kind of valley. And we we turn off the road. And it's like, it's a steep, steep little valley into this like flat spot. You go to down, 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 down into this flat clearing. And we, we pull up in this flat clearing. And there's a... There's containers like shacked up everywhere, and and uh, and so we drive into this kind of flat spot, and now we're surrounded by these like shipping containers, and and I hop out of the car, and there's one mobile home actually right there, and if from inside the mobile home you hear like screaming and all sorts of stuff. And the guy's like, I just got to go. I got to go pack up. I got to go pack up some stuff and we'll bring it to my house. And and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That wasn't part of the deal. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. And somehow, uh, he again, convinced my coworker to take him where he needed to go. I'm standing there. I felt not good, not scared, unsafe <laughs> inside the car. So I step out of the car. I'm behind the car where I know nothing. There's a clearing. On my six, I know kind of nothing's over there. And this freaking about, like, <laughs> it's like a movie. It's like the the truck is pulled in, the headlights are on the shipping container, mm-hmm. and then I hear these, like, loud banging coming from over there, and I'm looking around the door. I'm kind of using the door as cover, and there's this just monstrous black dude that comes out of the the, the container, and <laughs> he's probably like six foot five, yeah. real lanky, weird looking, scary look, like scary yeah, looking yeah. old guy. Not scared of him. I just he I know objectively he was scary looking. Mm-hmm. And he starts coming over, and he starts scr- like screaming at the top of his lungs. And I'm screaming back at him. I'm like, "You stay right there, up there, buddy. You stay right there." And I was, you know, I was I think I was seventeen, sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. I was like, you don't come a step further or things are going to get nasty. <laughs> and so he stops and he stopped like right in the headlights. Like he's like a deer in the headlights. He obviously can't see me. And then our boy comes out and he's got a gun. He's got like this big rifle. And we're like, what the frick is going on? And then all these people are like coming out of the, their containers. Ooh. It's like District 9. All these people are coming out of the containers and walking towards the truck. And... There was no option for us to be, to just get in the car and leave. We had to take this homeless guy uh, with his <laughs> obviously illegal rifle. And uh, I I said, I took the rifle from him. Yeah. I I unracked it, or I racked it. There's It's chambered. Oh. There's like a round in there. I'm like, what the frick? He's like, it's my dad, it's my dad, it's my dad. I was like, I don't freaking care. I was like, get us the frick out of here. And so, j Dog, my coworker, punches it out of there. And and now it's just us three back in the car again. And he's like, yeah. Now we have this illegal firearm. He has a, he's got, he also has a bayonet. So we have two bayonets in the car. <laughs> and, um. I also took the bayonet from him. I said, "You're not, you're not holding a weapon. I'm not having this." And uh, he's like, "All right, it's all good. Just drive right down the road." Uh, 
It, it's right up there. We and we're driving for forty minutes. Oh, and we're up in deep Raleigh, like like hood Raleigh. Yeah, yeah. And we pull up to this random house, and he's like, "This is it." And I take out the rifle. I empty. I clear it. Everything's empty. And I walk up to the house, and I just put it in a bush. And and then. I walk back to the car. I'm like, all right, you get out. You go. Yeah. And then we... Oh, also, on the way there, I was 16, 17. He said, stop at the gas station. He needs some beer. I, this guy, my <laughs> co-worker, stops at the gas station. And I go in... He's like, he's like, I don't have a, I don't have a license. I don't have a license. I was like, I don't... I don't, yeah. I don't either. Yeah. He's like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I know this guy. And so I go in and I... And I just buy a bunch of beer for this guy. <laughs> I was like, what the frick is going on? That might have been my bad. That was bad on me. But yeah, that this, was a bad... But, but this guy was starting to... He was starting He's to... tweaking not, out a little bit. Not scaring me, but but he was tweaking. He was yeah. starting to like get wiggy. He needed his He needed drink. alcohol. Yeah. And uh, so we get back in the car and we go to that house. I stash the rifle somewhere. I say, get out. I throw his knife on the lawn. And I'm like, J-Dog, get us the frick out of here now. And then Dude, we, that's the craziest story. Then we get out of there. Then we, um, next morning, I wake up and a police report um, from the day before, two people shot and killed next to the mobile home that we were at. Oh. Same day. The one, wait, it was the one night. You, the one you left him at? The one, the the flattened property with the c- container. With all the people. W- with all the Ugh. people. Two crackhead shot killed there. Same night. Dude, and I I think if I was listening to the pod and I didn't know you, I wouldn't believe you. But I remember when you told the story and I, like, you don't make stuff like that up. That's the craziest night after work that any 16 or 17 year old is dealing with oh it's crazy and i you know a a couple days ago i had a a question for myself i was like if if the situation like i'm watching all these like john wick movies yeah assassin movies and i asked myself i was like are you a coward like am i (laughs) am i a coward like i i watch all these movies and i get so amped up i'm like i could do that i could do that but then you know, you're in these situations where the adrenaline's flowing. You don't know. And, you know, I train all the time. I'm at the gym. I'm, like, pushing boundaries. I'm running ultra marathons. But at the end of the day, I'm like, in a, in a bad situation, could you handle yourself? And at that, at that moment where all those people start coming out, weapons in their hands, weird stuff was going on. I was like, I handled myself in a really, really good way. That's such a crazy story i started screaming at him yeah that's what you gotta do you have to be you you have to tell everybody what to do because people are there's something like 90 something percent of people will follow commands that are that are given yeah and i wasn't i wasn't afraid of them i was just i needed them to stop Mm -hmm. oh my gosh okay i'm gonna pee and then we'll get back into this i'll say i don't think that I've ever really had anything like that happen to me. Like I don't I don't have any stories where I was like thought I was going to be threatened by another person. 
all my scary stuff has all been like high adrenaline stuff on the road. Yeah, yeah. Which that sometimes can be a little bit more scary because it's almost not in your control. Yeah. I feel like the more hand-to-hand combat, you, you can control the situation pretty well if you're mentally and physically yeah up to par. Especially <clears throat> on the motorcycle. Like, you get those high, like, the heart-thumping feeling after somebody does something stupid, but mm-hmm. I've never thought I was going to, like, die. I've never no, had a near no, death experience. No. Um, I I had one. I had a near death where I was like, "This is it." It was probably when I was thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> we were swimming in the ocean, and apparently that day there was an incredibly strong riptide, and we were all swimming in the same area. We all got sucked out to sea, Ooh. and and it just kept sucking us, sucking us, sucking us in this undertow and we were you know it it, i i don't know i maybe we were like uh we're a thousand thousand feet out i don't know i don't know how far we were but we were far enough to where i was like i was a good swimmer i am a good swimmer and i was like this is not good because it keeps you it you're swimming and it, it just keeps you in this like vortex and it can pull you wherever it wants you to go yeah and at the end we we were out there for probably i don't know three to five minutes and we were calling people out there and people are like swimming out there and trying to get us back in and it's just a freaking struggle but eventually we the the rip like it it turned for a second and we got loose and and could get out of there but that that's scary because like the ocean could just eat you the ocean is one of the things that people do like I say, people do the ocean, but you know what I mean. People go to the beach, oh, just super, super casually. People go to the beach, and the amount of obvious danger in the ocean, at the even at right at the edge of the ocean at the beach is there's so much danger there, and there's so many people who die or get hurt. I got, I've got a scar all the way up my arm from the ocean. This oh, whole no. scar is from a Portuguese man of war. It's unbelievable, and it stays. Yeah, and that's when I was. I think I was seven years old, and maybe I was a little older. I was probably like maybe twelve, and it my whole arm was huge, and I just remember it like my no- arm was numb and huge, and I like sucker printed you for life. And the thing was, it wasn't even a, a whole thing. It was just one of the tentacles floating separate from the colony. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's some that's some tough stuff. Let me tell you what the Portuguese the Portuguese man of war. <clears throat> that'll get you. I saw a video today of um these charter boat fishermen. They're fishing and a freaking great white jumps out of the the water and just lands on the front of their boat. Oh, and they're like, we can't do anything because you go near it, it'll whip you off the boat. Or yeah. Whatever. And the video just ends and it's just like <laughs> wiggling around in the front of their boat. Tell you what, they don't do as well on the land. They they're not as scary. No, they're not that scary. But they don't even have hands, dude. Yeah, and they can't move around. Like an alligator's scary, probably scarier in the water, but they're still scary on land. But they got hands, dude. Alligators, four hands. Alligators straight up chumps on land, though. 
you literally zigzag and they're like, what the frick is going on? <laughs> Where did he go? Yeah. No, he's gone. <laughs> he tries to plant and he just skids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they're still lizards and lizards are... <laughs> that hilarious? <laughs> These man eaters? I almost got eaten by a crocodile down at the... I was kayaking. <laughs> Sucker bumps my boat. Nate tell, Nate's like 20 feet behind me. We're kayaking uh, near the ocean. And Nate's like, yo, there's a, there's a alligator behind you. I mean, there's like the, you know, the little scales yeah. following my kayak. I'm, I'm six inches from the water. <laughs> I'm like, what the frick? The dude bumps me and then dives. Ooh. And then we're, we're, we're paddling near the shore. Big sucker, probably 10 footer on the shore. You see him. He jumps in the water. He goes under my kayak. Yeah. I'm like, if he bumped me the wrong way, I mean, if he bumped me hard, I'm going in. There, there's no doubt about it. I'm gone. And, and once you're in, that's it's a they're, they're, they're so season. much scarier in the water. And especially <laughs> freaking kayak, there's a, there's a quarter inch of plastic between me and a goddamn dinosaur lizard. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just taking the chance. Just because I told Nate one day, I want to kayak 150 miles on the Cape River. That's how that happened. Unbelievable. That's the funniest thing. That's the funniest thing to think about is Nate. Because Nate, like, he doesn't come up with these ideas by himself a lot of times. Like, we're going to kayak the whole Cape Fear River. He doesn't come up with that idea. But if you tell him you're going to do it, he'll be like, sure. Like, it just casually will accept an adventure. He will. Like, he he will. He's like a. (laughs) I've ripped that dude on so many adventures. It's unbelievable. It's just so funny to think about him being like on the river in his kayak. There's alligators. He's like, I don't know what he's thinking. I just, I can't think about what Nate would be thinking in that moment. I mean, uh, the first of our adventures were just the abandoned place. We'd go in these abandoned places and, and you know, you're, you're fighting homeless people, cops, landlords, the, there's people with flashlights <laughs> <laughs> and we're just battling for our lives. And then we get close to our, uh, driving age and my dad buys that big club van the 15 person (laughs) van that i drove around for a summer and nate and i and graham are sitting in it one night i'm like boys we're driving this across the country when we get our license (laughs) and they're like they're like frick yeah frick yeah and then and then i buy a six hundred dollar jeep that we take across the country to san francisco to the the grand canyon all the way i mean just an unbelievable adventure in in a little car just from three boys sitting in a van being like we're gonna do it yeah I've ripped them ripped those dudes on some crazy adventures that you just can't eh, you just can't replicate in every single adventure that i take there's something there's something cool about it there's something amazing about it yeah it's the journey it's the journey, it's not the destination. Hey, and that's cliche as frick, but it's actually true. Oh yeah, it's it's not fun to. I mean, that's 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 the reason I love motorcycles so much. It's not. I'll say it's not. The reason I like motorcycles so much is because it's an engine with two wheels is really cool. But when you're ri- the reason I like to ride motorcycles is because you are you don't have like a nice little spot to sit inside like if it rains if it gets too hot if it gets too cold you're in it and you are 
I mean, all the bikes I've ever had exactly are right. over 20 years old. So it's I'm just trusting. Visceral. I'm trusting this old machine to get me where I need to go. And it's up to me to make sure that machine is running right. And it's and that, such and, a and that's fun. And that's why we call people in cars, they're stuck in their cages. Mm-hmm. Is because riding a motorcycle is such a, a visceral real life experience you can be in a car you can have a gps your music you can nowadays drive without thinking you can drive hands-free there's auto driving now it's unbelievable you i mean but on a motorcycle you you can put your foot down and feel the road it's like it's it's an unbelievable i mean if there's bugs you feel the bugs hit you. I've I've felt bees and yeah. you know, whatever, and there's flies that hit your your helmet and I crap had a like that. Bat on my dirt bike one time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just such like a, it's such like a real life like cowboy. You're riding a horse experience. It's just a modern horse that we're riding. It's a pavement horse. Yeah, it's an iron iron horse. Iron horse. It's just such an unbelievable experience that I think I I mean everybody should do it as long as uh, <laughs> you're not autistic yeah you got to be a good enough at handling the road in a car if you if you really do a bad job in a car maybe motorcycles not for you if you feel like you have a good understanding of like what other people are going to do how they're going to mess up and stuff then it's obviously it's a risk but it's so worthwhile i think it's real life i mean it's real life it's like everybody's stuck on their screens nowadays everyone's stuck in a cubicle on their computer whatever whatever you it's like there's just these these few things left that are just absolutely real. I love when you're like it's a hot summer day, you're a little too hot, you're on your motorcycle and you're you're riding over these country hills and all of a sudden you come down into like a gully and there's a little bridge at the bottom of the gully and there's water flowing and you get that chill for a second. Yep. Cuz you feel the air coming off the water. Exactly. And you just you get this I get like chills usually cuz I mean, the temperature changes, but also because <laughs> you're like, this is the world, how you're supposed it's to experience such a, it. a beautiful experience. I mean, us on the, I mean, the best ride that I've had was us on the, on the dual sports on the, oh, what was it? The Blue Ridge. Yes. The Blue Ridge. I mean, that's yes. as real as it gets. I did the curves up there, the trees, the everything, the tunnel. You go through tunnels. Yeah. You're like, what is this? And then we pull off the road and, and camp on the side of a mountain. It's just unbelievable. That was so much fun. And we saw bears. <laughs> like this. You're just in it. We there's no, bears. There's nowhere to hide. And especially when you're, I mean, we're trying to get these bikes over these trees that are falling all this stuff we're almost dropping our bikes off a cliff a couple times <laughs> like you just feel like you're really doing something like you're in a movie on an adventure it does feel like a movie i mean every adventure i've been on i'm like is this actual real life i'm you know? s- i'm so excited i bought <laughs> another broken honda off facebook marketplace and i'm I I should have been working on it today a little bit, but I want to get it ready by this weekend and ride up to Wilmington, which is not of the most exciting ride, but it's still a ride, and I haven't been on like an actual real ride on the motorcycle in too long. Yeah, I've been I've been like I said the the anger flashes yeah <laughs> have have driven me to to ride around recently yeah. for a while, so I've been on some some pretty nice rides, but. 
another question that I asked myself was when we were watching uh, The Matrix. We were rewatching The Matrix. I think we talked about this last week. But we were rewatching The Matrix, and I was like, would I be the type of person to take the red pill? It's like you're sitting there, you have this awesome life, cushy, awesome yeah. life, and then you see the real world. Is like, would you, would you take the red pill, or would you, like, uh, what's his name says, blissful ignorance, yeah, and just live the rest of your life, well and happy and whatever. But but in the back of your mind, you know that it's not the truth. I think I'm taking the red pill. I think I would take the red pill too. And it's easy. It's so easy to say because you're not in this situation. Because I mean, it'd be like it'd be like if right now, your life, someone you kind of thought something was off, and someone came to you and you're like, everything you know is fake. Let me just say, every time I've taken the leap, it's been worth it. Yeah, there hasn't been a leap that I've taken that hasn't paid off in some way. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's risk. It's risk. It's all risk. It yeah, it it's risk, but it, the risk just it the risk over the reward for me almost always no, the reward always pays off over the risk. Even if things go absolutely sideways, absolutely wrong, there's so many subconscious lessons that you can learn from that adventure. If you do what everyone else does, you're guaranteeing yourself an average life. I know. I Maybe that's why I've been so angry. You feel like you've been doing too much what other people do? Yeah. It's possible. I was driving around the other day, and I was like, literally... No one around, not one person, is like me. <laughs> There's yeah. not one person. I am. I'm completely 100 percent originally my own person. It's just whether you do and think the same as others is is whether you're part of the program or not. Yeah, really. Everybody has everybody has something or things that makes them super unique. In the way they handle things, in the way they think about things. But yeah, it's like so easy for somebody to just squander that uniqueness and fit into the uniform. I know, it's the sheep mentality. And in and, and the hyper, like high output performers, you see, you're like, I've never seen a person like you or mm-hmm. say the stuff that you're saying. That's why they're so attractive is because they're so uh, like one of one and unique and like against the grain. And it makes it so like it's like a breath of fresh air from the the usual flavor. It's like that's why I think to the younger male generation, why the Andrew Tate people were so mm-hmm. like insane because he kind of opened their mind to and like against the grain thinking and in masculine ideals rather than like the 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 go ahead with with society and go down this to me absolutely ridiculous way of thinking yeah. about things and not saying i agree with andrew tate on everything but it's same thing with like elon like we were going down this deep dark rabbit hole of of canceling and and anti free speech and then this 
it shouldn't be abnormal to be free speech, to be yeah. an advocate of free speech, but it is right now. And that's why Elon Musk stands out so much. I mean, he stands out because of how rich he is, how impactful to the culture he is, but also because the way he thinks on, on free speech and he says it. it it's every, it's like, it's when you think, like you're at a party, I've done this before. And I, I've actually, this is a funny story. I, I've i been at a party and I think something that culturally maybe I shouldn't say. Yeah. But I say it anyway because I'm not a coward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's real. Yeah. That, that's how you know you're, you're true is when you say something you're thinking to that you believe it's the truth. And, and, and I said it. I got pulled aside at this party by by one of the hosts and was like, hey, we don't say stuff like that here. And I was like, then you shouldn't have invited me <laughs> because yeah. I say what I think. Yeah. And I know like what is inappropriate and this is not inappropriate. It's just the truth. Yeah. Or it's what I believe to be the truth. Uh, uh, yeah. And you should respect that. Yeah. And you should you should say what you think is the truth. That's the thing. If If you... If people are regularly punished for saying what they think, then they will begin to behave how they won't get punished over how they think. So they will begin to it's super it's it's a supernatural process. If if people are getting punished for saying something that they believe is the truth, they're they're more incentivized to fit in and not be punished socially or legally by for something that they say, they will much rather be disingenuous than be punished. It's right. just, it's just, right. I mean, and it makes sense. You don't want to, if you can just not say something that you're thinking and you don't have to deal with consequences, it's very easy to do that. And it's, it's you almost can't be too frustrated with somebody for doing that, but it becomes a problem when a whole society starts acting that way. But it really, it, it aggravated me when I got, <laughs> I got silenced in real life. Yeah, you got, you got, you got like a <laughs> blocked or whatever. I got silenced life. in real life, and and it was, and and that's I, I stopped. I went sat on the couch, sat on my phone for the rest of the night. That was it. Mm-hmm. Let everyone else have their fun. But if you don't want to hear the truth, then. And that's the thing is is these people that are doing this that are pulling me aside and saying that what I said was offensive it's they're not thinking that it it would be offensive to me to pull me yeah. in front of all these people and say what I said was wrong. Yeah. It's like how 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 tone deaf are you that you're doing to, the exact it, same thing? Yeah. You're ostracizing somebody that came to your party for saying something that they believe. That's that's the thing, though, is that there's so many of these kind of like, as you said, high performers or people who stand out, but there are orders of magnitude more just regular, standard, nothing people. Not nothing. There's They have their human value, their the high value of the human life, but... That's what we call the NPC. Yeah, literally don't do anything that's 
for them. It's all to fit in because they want to be comfortable and whatever. I mean, I feel some people, if that's the life they want to live, go for it. Fine. But it becomes dangerous when everybody is doing that and where you are some kind of outlier just by saying something that you think. And especially if you're not saying it in a mean way, you're saying something that you'd be fully willing to have a whole conversation about. But people aren't they they want to make you quiet. They they're like, oh, they get uncomfortable because they're like, this is where we get in trouble. This is this is I've been trained my whole life not to bring this up. Like, Gus, can you please stop saying this? Like, I really don't want this happening here. It's stressing everybody out because everyone doesn't know how to handle actual discourse or truth. Or it's so bizarre. It's unbelievable, and it, it's becoming like the norm. And it it's it's becoming the norm to be the the sheeple and the NPCs. Yeah, and it's ticking me off because before these, like, you know, I I didn't live in a time where it was all original. I just watched the freaking movies from the seventies yeah, and eighties, yeah. and and people actually have souls and they actually think for themselves. It's crazy to me. It's like freaking all these people are fans of Lord of the Rings, but they don't understand what the Lord of the Rings means. (laughs) Yes. The hobbits, these little creatures that love food and they love habit and they love regime and they they love comfort. But there's this one hobbit that is in search of the truth and he has this wild adventure to save the world. Of the cancel culture of the woke mob. Yeah. That's you. You and, could be the hobbit. And he made three unbelievable movies on it. it. It's in every like fairy tale. They're it's all the like, same story. It's all the same story. It's just doctored up differently. They're pretty much all like the biblical stories rewritten, but it's the same yeah. themes. And it's it's not the it's not the story isn't uh, these uh, this bad man came into the party and said the wrong word. <laughs> so the sheeple took him aside and ostracized him, and that's all. And that was it. <laughs> and, and that's, that's it. the story. It's not that. That's not it. That's well, not the truth. But it's funny you say that because these movies that are coming out today that literally are that. Oh, I yeah. Do are performing horribly. Oh, the the they're every single movie. Is, is losing money that, that they're pumping out. And it's crazy. I mean, they it seems like they have an unlimited bag because the sheeple are paying for these movies. They are. It's unbelievable. Maybe that's why I've been so irritated lately is because, because I'm starting to get an appetite to speak the truth and people are starting to get mad at me. Well, the cool thing is, like, I remember when... Just like uh, on YouTube, I got the first people starting to say like mean comments. I have always in my mind connected negative speech or ideas put your way with somebody. Nobody speaks negatively to somebody unless there's a reason. And the reason is generally they view you as somehow something that they couldn't become or 
or won't become or or even just want to become. So anytime you're getting this negativity towards you, it's almost always a good sign. Unless you're obviously just a horrible piece of junk person that's like actually doing horrible stuff and people are trying to get you to stop. There's well, a that, difference. That, but that's the, the, the saying goes is like, I want you to do well, but not as well as me. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. There's, I mean, so many famous people talk about how they have support when they're kind of garnering some kind of success. And then once you blow by those people, they don't support you anymore because they're like, why isn't it me? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I want so I want so much for you. I want so bad, and then you become successful, and they're like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. are you? Is that guy? Did that guy change his mindset yeah. and start? He makes that much money. What a yeah, unethical. It, it's it, it. I mean that that's just the the truth of being successful. As as far as I've heard with with bigger companies, it's like there there's not a big company that doesn't get sued. Even if they've yeah. done absolutely nothing wrong, they yeah. they hire lawyers just because people like that that are envious of them sue them. Yeah, it's yeah, part if, of the game. If you begin to grow a business and it gets to a certain size, you will start being sued. Yeah, that's just part of it. It's part of it. It's a it's annoying, but it, it is part of it. <sighs> Speak the truth, or at least don't lie. I like that. That's JP. I like that. And then as a addition to that, listen. Unless people are screaming at you, if people are willing to talk to you and they have something that's what they think is the truth and it is different, you need to listen and discuss civilly with them if they will do it, which a lot of times they won't and then they're don't waste your breath, but they're, yeah, they're, that's the thing. They're, they're not worth that type of person. If you if you don't want to, to me, if you don't want to actively get better, if if you're not actively on the quest for truth, or at least open to the truth, and not shying away from it, I don't want to be it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to talk to you because you're not. You're not my kind of person. Yeah. If you want to follow the sheeple, if you want to be a shepherd. Of the sheeple, go right ahead. But I'm I'm going to a different place. I'm kayaking the fear. I'm climbing the mountain. I'm going on the road trip. I'm freaking going in the chopper. Yeah. I'm blazing lead downrange while you're at a party trying to fit in. You're a moron. Get real. Start living life, you morons. You only have one. And if you want to live life, if you want to seek the truth, hit me in my inbox, and we'll get that set up. Mm-hmm. If you if you want to do something, if you have a okay, if you have an idea to go on a trip to do something to to go on a motorcycle ride to get your motorcycle, whatever whatever you want, come talk to us, and we'll make it happen. Because imagine if someone texts us right now. I imagine if Nick Nick listen to this. You text us right now and say, hey, next summer, I'm thinking about a cross-country road trip. I really want to do it. We would absolutely make it happen. You've got you've got my freaking vote. Let's see what type of person you are, Nick. 
Because let me tell you what, three weeks in a car with a guy brings out what they really are. Yeah, and Nick has, he's lactose intolerant. So it would, you really would get to know him inside and out. Oh, <laughs> shout out, Nick. My. Shout out, Nick. Shout out, Griffin Stanley. What's good? Sell that Civic by the camera. What's good? Shout out Cameron. I know you listen. I know you thought we were gonna forget you. We didn't play. We, we didn't, didn't play. Him. We're gonna play some pickleball this weekend. <laughs> you know that's what he told me. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. All right, guys. That was a really good episode, and you know it. So subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify. It'll make us very happy, and it'll help with the algorithm and. Not, not just following and and subscribing, but actually commenting on it. I know we we're not super active in the comment section, but if we got more comments, <laughs> we would be. Yeah. And um, you know, if you like what we do, that's the thing is like, uh, these videos are like the first five minutes of the video. They're like, comment, subscribe, subscribe, turn the bell on, ladies and gentlemen. You just listen to an hour and 10 minutes of us speaking our minds. And at this point, if you're still listening, give us a sub, give us a rating. Yeah, We're not selling out. We actually want to provide good content for you guys. And I'm, I've been a little off the ball in the shorts lately, but it's just because I've got anger issues at the, <laughs> at the end of the at day. The end of the day. At the end of the day, it's the anger, and we've been dealing with it. Um, so send us, send us nice comments to figure out how to get Gus off of his anger issues and get us back onto the ball and the way to the truth is through freedom. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's exactly right. The way to the truth is through freedom. I like that. Yeah. That's also what the underminer stood for in the Incredibles. Freedom. Freedom. Freedom for all. The underminer wanted, was actually... The underminer wanted to free the underground. He was the secret hero of the of the movie. I'm the underminer. And he wanted to free the underground with his drill. He ended up causing a lot of casualties on accident, though. Yeah, yeah. It was complete. He didn't know where he was going to drill up to. No, he, he didn't. Was just, he was just undermining. And Behold! the underminer <laughs> and then he was also mad that syndrome was stealing all the the um uh the press because syndrome yeah. is also still a really funny name for a supervillain syndrome is the funniest <laughs> name <laughs> that's so the fun. thing it's those old freaking good movies we talked about it last time we talked about the time before that old the, these old movies they're not even old they're from like 2006 super good don't do that anymore make new good movies all right, please, please. And then the new syndrome is Spectrum. <laughs> My new name is Spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got a cleft palate. <laughs> yeah. His name is Chromosome. <laughs> That's the ice guy. Yeah. Who's the ice guy? Frozone. Frozone. Yeah, Chromosome. <laughs> Chromosome. <laughs> Where is my super suit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Spectrum would be a bad to the bone super villain. Holy frick. Imagine if he if he was like Tanner from Love on the yeah. Spectrum. 
I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> He's so scary. That would be so scary. I've invented this big ballistic missile. I'm going to kill you with it. <laughs> <laughs> I spread hate. I spread hate. Every day I wake up, I spread hate. Actually, you know what? Connor would be the super villain. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I can't do it. Do it. I've built up my oh Frank, hold on. Oh, I gotta, I gotta hear his voice. I gotta hear his voice. Okay, play it. Quick I, I'm really, I'm really good at um. Put it in there. At uh, imitating, or or mimicking. Yeah, put it in there. Put it in there. <laughs> oh, Connor, we need to hear you. He's like, I, I'm yearning. <laughs> it's not naturally. I'm on. What are you most excited? You're my best boyfriend. Um, I'm the boy. Thanks. My sister wanted me. What's going on, dude? I want Connor. I kind of. <laughs> you like you. I've kind of created a galactic space missile <laughs> that will blow up the Earth. <laughs> I have this detonator, <laughs> and it's gonna go off. In ten minutes, <laughs> say goodbye to your world. <laughs> I have the king of England, and I'm not going to give him back to you. <laughs> He's my hostage now. Who's got the cancer now? <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you. I built a ballistic missile. I'm gonna Shut kill you. Shut up, Tanner. <laughs> Tanner. And he starts like smiling sad. Yeah. He knows how to. He knows how to smile yeah, he sad. He's... And I was wondering if <laughs> I could blow up the Earth. <laughs> Maybe you'd like to hold hands? <laughs> oh, uh, all right. Don't. <laughs> That's the best show of all time. Maybe we should make. This feels strange. I'm going to cut off your hand. <laughs> I was wondering if maybe I could cut off your hands. <laughs> I'm going to wear your skin. God freaking dang it. That's such a great show. Oh, uh, what a great um uh, what a great uh, food for thought is uh the love on the spectrum characters as super just villains. Super villains. Yeah. James would be a monster Ooh, to deal would. with. Because he breathes so much and he really would be saying scary uh, stuff. His brain is going so fast. I feel like he, goes he, like, was, he would think of a nuke and it would appear. That's how fast his brain His brain moving. works really fast. <laughs> and you have to eat the... <laughs> threw up. <laughs> Trying to imitate James. Oh my God. It, it, dude, David? David looks like the Underminer. <laughs> Have you seen da- you know David? Is he the one with the uh, the chap lips? Oh yeah, bad chap lips. Yeah, he does look like the underminer. There he is. I'm the boy with autism. 
See, imagine I'm just saying I'm the underminer. Yeah. <laughs> That's him. Loves a girl with autism. Oh, that means a lot to me. Oh, they kiss Dang. so weird. His underminer lips. Thank you. My next favorite moment is David inviting Abby to go to Africa, which she mentioned all the way back a year ago on their first date. What did you buy me? Would you uh, like me to read it to you? Sure. Abby, <laughs> since you have been an extra amazing girlfriend, I want to take you somewhere special. Plot twist, David's a terrorist. <laughs> He's called like the subdermal irritation irritator <laughs> or something. <laughs> Doctor Chapped. <laughs> Oh no, he does the Mission Impossible where he, he peels off his skin and he's just like Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> he's got an entire <clears throat> turban under his head. <laughs> yeah, he does. Under his hair. He's got a bomb vest on. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm glad we could wrap it up with some uh, comedy for you guys. So uh, you guys didn't have to, uh, you know, be bombarded this week about telling the truth. Tell the truth. Yeah, tell the truth, definitely, but also, yeah, ended on retards. a comedy note. And no. I know you wanted to know what I said at the party, but I won't tell you, but it was retards. Yeah, and it wasn't that, but it was. All right, see you guys next week.